Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps. It's a podcast for artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. I'm Steven. I'm Eric. And this is Carlo. Yay! Let's Yay. go! Carlo Stigliano joining us today on the show. We are super excited to have him here. He is an incredibly talented DP, and he is uh, still in town right now for the private screening yeah. of Danny Gewurz's original feature, I Think I'm Sick. Super excited to chat with him today about the commercial work that he does, his YouTube channel, and just the variety of art that he creates in the world. Carlo, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, and you're everyone, doing it early in the morning, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone feels like the past 24, 40 hours is a fever dream. Yeah, it's a blur. Very yeah. much yeah. feels like it. Yeah. Because yes. you, like, you, like, rolled in... You rolled into the movie like halfway through. Last I rolled in with my suitcase. Yeah, just from set. Quite literally rolled yeah, in. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And where were you before? Uh, for the past three days, I was in Galesburg, Illinois, in the middle of nowhere, doing a commercial for a college, uh, Knox College. I mean, we have a lot of listeners in Galesburg, so uh -huh. that might have been kind of offensive. So. Mm. Well, it must be like five listeners because that's all the people in that town. <laughs> we got a hundred percent of that town listening to the show. It's awesome. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it it feels like par for the course for you to be coming off of yet another commercial set. Like, it just seems like you're shooting another commercial every other day these days. Is, is that true? Um, or is the internet a lie? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, I feel like it comes in waves, like most things. Uh, there'll be times where I'm busy for like a couple months, and then I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just the way of the way it works sometimes, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, this past uh, month and a half, two months has been nonstop, just going crazy. But um, yeah, it's been amazing. It really has. Well, let's round you out a little bit more. Just let us know. Who are you? Uh, everything. So, yeah. All of it. Um, everything. All about it. Yeah, uh, my name's Carlo. <laughs> yeah. I am 24. I'm from New Jersey. And um, yeah, I think I started my creative journey in music and eventually led my way into photography there started doing solo wedding small business stuff videography cool. found Danny ended up teaching me everything and everything about being a cinematographer and that opened up my world and it was at a pivotal point in my life where I needed something like that because I was feeling a bit lost mm. and um, that was what I needed and that was the position that I was like this is gonna fulfill me and it did and I became obsessed and that's all I do every day think about that that's awesome that's man where i am now Thanks. yeah where uh, where in music did you start so i uh i started i think i was about 14 or 15 i was watching tiesto dj tomorrowland okay um i thought it was so sick i was yeah. like i'm gonna be that no I'm not <laughs> uh, and i wanted to be a dj so i started so, djing oh, um awesome. and i started doing music production audio engineering started making like hip-hop stuff edm and then i slowly went into like cinematic soundscapes and ambient stuff um, and then I was DJing like teen nightclubs and stuff like that for a while. Went to school for audio engineering for a year and a half, dropped out and, uh, stopped doing music yeah. after that. Okay. Yeah. Any like residual at all in music just um, for, like, for fun or anything like that? the benefit of that for me was even as a DP, I don't do too, too much editing now, but with okay. my YouTube and just like some passion stuff that I do it. I have a big passion for sound design. Yeah. Cool. So having that background in mixing and just like understanding sound and like how it relates to video and just stuff like that was a huge benefit. And uh, sometimes I'll be able to create some sounds that I want if I can't find it. Yeah. So that's a cool thing as well. Yeah. But it, there's definitely some benefits still. Definitely something we have in common with you. We both come from music backgrounds. I think before even photography or filmmaking were kind of a core part of our lives and completely agree it's a lot it's a, of people come from music yeah it, it's such a good background to have especially in the filmmaking mm -hmm. world like it just completely changes your relationship with sound design with actual music mm -hmm. that's being it's, played it's pretty elevate emotion and everything it's, it's incredible. seamless i mean like if you're used to sheet music as a kid mm -hmm. like an editing timeline's not too different mm -hmm. you know so being able to chop and yeah cut on the beat and you already, yeah, you're at an thing. advantage yeah, already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't even have to be structured like a 4-4 count. It doesn't have to be cut on every beat. Like, oh, yeah. you can go on and off beat if you know how it works. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, yeah it could... Uh, for me, it's just... I love... The other thing, too, is, like, finding songs that have, like, a similar tempo and similar key that you can kind of intercut in between. So it's like, oh, this is... It sounds like one song, but it's actually four mm -hmm. songs. So that's something that's interesting that I like to do is try to mix a bunch of songs and make it sound like one, in a way. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, so cool to see. I mean, before the episode even started, we're just like 24 years old. Years young. Yeah. A little whippersnapper. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years younger than me. Um, you DP'd a feature. I did, indeed. Like, yeah. How wild is that to think? To Yeah, I'm still letting it settle in. Yeah. Still, um, I mean, every time, I, I've watched it so many times now, too. Um, it still doesn't feel real, mm. to be honest. It's a super rare, rare thing that happened. But, um, it's, it's just an amazing opportunity. I'm super grateful that I got to do it, especially with him. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad it was a... It set the bar really high, to be honest, for features. Because mm. a lot of first features, it's like, mm, kind of cringy. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit. But this is like a movie you can watch. Yeah. Which is, it, it just set the bar really high for me for future work. Yeah. Um, and for this to be my first feature, I'm like, man, this is like a dream come true. It's a super rare thing for someone. And I understand that position. And yeah. I'm super grateful for it. Yeah. Last night at the private screening, Danny touched on a good bit during the Q&A portion with a lot of the contributors, like, it was a really stressful project. Yeah. It was really tight timelines and everything. And how did you feel during it, especially coming into the project kind of like a week into mm -hmm. it, a little on the later side, like you, you feel to me like a very like cool as a cucumber, kind of like very steady presence to have mm -hmm. on set. Were you feeling like any inner turmoil during the production for, I think I'm sick. Um, no, I mean, obviously there were a lot of nerves coming into it. Yeah. It came in not, being the DP, I was just like an extra set of hands. Okay. And then like slowly I started like, I was just near Danny the whole time, like yeah. kind of operating a little bit, moving the camera and just like tell him like, hey, because he was directing and I was like, hey, maybe we should adjust exposure a little bit just like to help him out so I can, so he can still focus on directing. So, cause he was DPing at that point, right? Correct. He was doing yeah. both and <laughs> that's not easy or no. you shouldn't, I mean, you can do that obviously, but it's super hard. Yeah. And uh, if I could just be the extra set of eyes and be like, hey, we're a little under here, we're a little over, maybe we should do a little bit of this. And I just started doing that, and it was by like the second day or so, he kind of just asked me if I wanted a DP, and I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but after that moment, I just, um, I just became super focused. Yeah. And uh, I, of course, there were some stresses, and I felt uh, nervous at times, like, this is, I've never done anything this long before. Am I going to be able to keep the look consistent throughout? Because that's a big thing with the feature compared to commercials. You're shooting like a 30 second spot compared to an hour and a half thing. You have to make it look consistent throughout. Yeah. So I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to do it under the schedule? Um, and I just trusted the team that was, you know, there. I trusted yeah. Danny's vision, which is like the main, you sh have to do that. Mm -hmm. If you're on a feature is trust the director and, trust that they know what they want and uh, the story and I believed in it and I didn't have the script before he sent he texted me or called me at nine o'clock at night said hey I need you tomorrow morning and I got the script I think that night or that morning and I read the entire thing and um, it's one of the best scripts I ever read wow. like I read it so quickly it was so good yeah. Um, and yeah his vision is so clear um, that I just was there to serve that. And I think that was a bit of comfort too, knowing that um, I just needed to be a helping hand for him and just serve what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild for us to like wrap our heads around what a production in 22 days is like. And I know there were pickup shots mm -hmm. after that and whatnot. Um, but something you said, I think it was in a, BTS or something, I can't remember. Um, and I told you this last night, like getting lost in the story mm -hmm. and not, you know, because as filmmakers sitting in that theater, it can, you can, your mind can easily wander to the technical bits. Yeah. Of how was this lit? <clears throat> Where's the negative fill? How are they doing audio? Is that sound design? You know, trying to fill in the gaps. And I felt like every time my brain went in that direction, same thing that you said, was just like the story overtook it mm -hmm. and I just got lost in it. Every time I consciously thought of the technical components, mm -hmm. so in that sense, like job well done. You know? Thanks. Yeah. Um, Appreciate you know, it. it's I. I always wonder, like being a DP in that kind of scenario. Like, surely there's going to be people that come up and just like, oh man, I loved this scene. It looked so great. Mm -hmm. Whatever. What do you What do you like more? Like what? And be honest. What kind of compliment do you like more? Like, 
this looked so good or uh, like man, for this was... particular film i think the biggest compliment was um i think i got it from phil like when i was in philly or new york someone came up to me i was like hey um looked great but i didn't it wasn't distracting right. that was a huge compliment to me um because it was meant to be a secondary character mm. and like a background piece the cinematography wasn't supposed to be in the forefront like a flashy huge movements big lighting setup like it just wasn't that movie mm. um and for me to be able to make it still look like a solid movie um, but without getting in the way of the actors and the story is, um, I think that is what makes good cinematography. It doesn't have to always be beautiful or pretty, mm -hmm. quote unquote, but it just has to be right yeah. for the story. So that was probably the best compliment I got. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in uh, the video that Danny made on his channel, it's just a kind of showcase that because a lot of family and friends were there and everything yeah. uh i think you mentioned the fact that even as you watched it yeah you kind of disappeared into the story too which mm -hmm. i feel like is a pretty <laughs> incredible thing because i feel like as artists we're always prone to critique yeah. ourselves especially when you're watching something in a theater like that mm -hmm. i can't even imagine what that was like but for you to get lost in the story too on something that you shot where you're just like staring at your images the entire time i feel like it's a pretty profound thing oh it's super amazing because um, I've seen a bunch of edits before this one and the first time I saw it in Philly on the big screen was this like the final edit. I haven't seen the final final one yeah so it was I've seen the shots before and I saw it kind of how it was played together but I didn't get to see the final score like this final sound design the final color yeah okay um, I saw a color in like a bunch of different things but not in the full thing wow um, so that was a part of it too is I just got fully immersed in the final piece that the cinematography was only just like one small portion of it. Mm -hmm. There's so many other elements that I got to enjoy as well yeah. that I just I just watched a movie. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was really, of course, there were moments where I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, but majority of the time, I, uh, I just got to sit and enjoy a movie. It was amazing. Well, surely, based <clears throat> off of like, time constraints or you know problems you guys ran into yeah. there's got to be some scenes that just make you cringe right? oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> yeah and i won't tell you which ones yeah <laughs> honestly i don't even want to know because yeah. like i was like looking at it last night it's like everything is beautiful yeah. in this like movements and the way everything was lit and like it's very intentional it really felt yeah. that way it was awesome like every everything felt like its own little painting it was mm. it just felt amazing i did especially like you breaking down the uh the car scenes. I think someone asked yeah. about how you lit those in particular, mm -hmm. uh, and I, they just looked so natural. I yeah. think like what you well, that was kind of touching on earlier. That yeah. was the goal for him is to keep it as natural as possible. He didn't want it to make it look like a commercial right. feature film. Right. Um, so that was huge for me was learning how to simplify my yeah. approach to everything because yeah. commercials, I'm doing a lot of extravagant things a lot of the times and yeah. making it look perfect. Yeah. Like I need an exact okay. highlight here. I need the Rembrandt there. I need this that. Where, like, there was a certain scene, I think it was the dining room with the parents. Like, you'll see that they have, like, raccoon eyes a little bit. Mm. And that was a huge thing. I was like, do I keep the raccoon eyes? Do I not? Because in commercials, you don't want that. Right. Um, but for this one, it was kind of like a dreary-ish moment with them. Yeah. And he's not, like, a super upbeat. I was like, I think it kind of fits. And yeah. it was an ego thing that I had to let go of. Like, it fits, but it's not perfect. Yeah. So that was just keeping it in that realm was... Uh, Part of the story for sure. It's cool to hear you say that because I found myself often just being like, "Is are they are they are they even using any lights right now?" So that's that's a, yeah. one of the great compliments too. Because mm -hmm. yes, in majority of the scenes there are lights that we're using, but the goal is to make it look like we aren't using lights yeah, in a way. Yeah. And it's a weird thing with cinematography when it's like that. Yeah. But it's for the sake of schedule because mm -hmm. you can make something. People ask me like at at the end of the screen, like, "Do you have any advice?" because um, I'm shooting a short film, it's like we have an hour and a half for this scene, for example, and to set up, shoot, and do whatever. I could spend an hour and set up in light, and that gives Danny and the actors 30 minutes to rehearse and shoot. Mm. Or I can, to make it perfect, essentially. Yeah. Or I could spend 30 or 45 minutes, make it look really, really good, and it's, it's great for the story, and it's perfect, and give Danny and the actors an extra 15 minutes to you know, perform and rehearse. And I knew that this was a performance heavy story so giving them trying to give them the extra time and not make my work perfect i think helped the story and gave them the extra takes that they needed it's 
honestly such an inspiring attitude to have, man. Yeah. Like that's, that's like such a humble approach. And to, <clears throat> to think that that was your mentality and you made it look as absolutely incredible as it did at the same time is just amazing. Honestly, like props to you. Thanks. It's really, really impressive. Thank you. So cool, man. So Jeez. the stereotypical question, mm. you're going to do it again or what? <laughs> Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to. But I think you my, sound stoked about yeah, it. Yeah, my, my, uh, my standards are high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. gotten uh, a bunch of feature offers already from it. Okay, wow. Um, and I've turned them all down. Okay, uh, just because I don't. The script isn't great. Yeah. Uh, I've had meetings with directors. Just they're not clear on what they want. And yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna commit to something for this long. I, I need to have someone that is like fully into the story that they're yeah. creating and. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm definitely picky, especially feature. Yeah. Um, but I got a really cool short coming up, which I'm excited about. Oh, but feature, awesome. uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to be a little pickier now. For sure. I think. Yeah. You uh, you hop on a plane in a few hours to the LA screening mm -hmm. happening tonight, mm -hmm. which wild that there's back to back nights in different cities, very far apart mm -hmm. from each other. Uh, but there's some pretty special people that are gonna be there. Some people that are, I think you're excited to meet as mm -hmm. well and for them to see your work too. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, the you biggest one for so me. So nervous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I woke no up, pressure, I woke up already shaking. Um, <laughs> so to give people context, the biggest one for me personally is Lawrence Cher. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know him, he shot the Joker movies, Hangover, a bunch of movies. He's the owner of Shot Deck. Um, Joker for me, when it came out, was a huge movie for cinematography. That was like, when I was like really diving into becoming a DP and like learning everything about it. I think I watched that movie, I swear, like 50, 75 times. Like I became obsessed with that movie. Oh, wow. Whoa. Um, I started, it was, it got to the point where I would pause and analyze scenes from that movie. And I wrote it, I had like a binder for scenes and like oh. I wrote down like, oh, the, what did they do here? And I was just like coming up with, ideas of how they did. I have no idea how they did it. Wow. But I was just like, oh, they might have done this, they might have done that. I, I became obsessed with that movie. It was pivotal for me. Wow. Um, and the fact that I get to meet the guy who shot it tonight and have him watch something that I shot, and it's, uh, man, you don't get that. Yeah. You really don't ever get that opportunity, and it's, um, I, yeah, it's, I can't wait. I'm so nervous, but I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Something you said kind of in passing last night, you're like, I want him to just like give me yeah. the honest truth, 100%. like just lay into my work yeah. because that criticism would be so valuable mm -hmm. for everything you're doing going forward. Yeah, and I don't want to like pitch it to him before I see him be like, hey, watch the movie and think about my work and critique me at the end. But like, right. this is a moment where I'm like, if you can give me something, yeah. please do. Yeah. Even if it's like kind of shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I need that then. Right. Um, so like, I don't know what I'm looking for from him, but I just want to be able to, I don't know, talk to him, I guess, about it. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to, I don't know when I'm ever going to get that again. Well, it's just wild that, like, you're obviously one of the people he's going to want to talk to tonight. Yeah, that's, that's the other weird thing, too. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's the other just weird thing. DP to DP. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's wild. Yeah, I'm so excited. Can't wait. It'll be awesome. Packed man. house, I think he said I think 250. It's, oh, that's a lot. 250? I think so. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Crazy. the amount of the amount of people that donated to this too. Like what well, yeah. It's yeah, heavy the concentration the support in that is just like yeah. the fact amazing. that hundreds of people across cities donated to the film and like a true indie internet effort. Yeah. It's uh it's really cool. Yeah. Like to see that something like this is happening now. Um so we obviously don't want to spend the entire time talking about Idis because, yeah. you know, it's like that's Danny's baby and like you have other stuff and like you, you are more complex as an, as an artist, as a person. Um, and you're just doing really cool things on YouTube. Um, you're doing commercial work. I'm like so stoked to hopefully see the short you're working on, yeah. you know, um, I would love to hear more about YouTube and YouTube approach. Like, what do you what do you think about that platform? Mm. Like, being someone as successful in the world where people might sneer at YouTube. Mm. Yeah. What's your perspective on it? Uh, it's changed over the past couple of years. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things I've tried to pursue and have been pursuing. Um, I started it at the peak of COVID because uh, I had nothing else to do, and uh, 
if you scroll down to the first video, it is so bad. Oh my gosh, I can't, even, I can't even look. It's still up. Good. Oh yeah, you can watch it. Great, it's so bad. Um, but I didn't, uh, yeah, it took me a while to find like who I am, what I wanted to do within that space. Uh, but obviously it's pretty focused around cinematography. Yeah. But I think the niche within that that I wanted to target was the bridging the gap between like real DPs that are on set working and like the YouTube side. Um, Cause I felt like there wasn't a lot of information talking about it. There's a lot of technical stuff. Yeah. Like I uh, learn about this camera, learn about this lens filters and how to set up a key light. Like there's tons of that, but I wanted to really, I think people have a misconception of what a true DP is on like a real set. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I've been doing recently is like a lot of like raw behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been huge for me and like the channel. It's helped grow it tremendously. Mm -hmm. Essentially every, I mean, not all the commercials, but whatever I can, I'll usually hire a behind the scenes guy. Usually yep. it's out of my own pocket. Yeah. I'll bring someone on and they're there for the entire day just filming raw behind the scenes. And I'll get like a terabyte of footage, which is brutal. <laughs> and I have to sift through all that. But um, yeah, it's like a 30 to 45 minute edit on YouTube. Yep. And I just wanted to make it so if someone wanted to just sit and watch it for that long, you can essentially just get what it's like a day in the life of what a cinematographer is like. Yeah. You don't really see people communicate, DPs communicate with their gaffers on YouTube, key grips, ACs, directors, producers, and real conversations. Real conversations, yeah. like on set. And there's moments in those videos where, like, it's one take for like two and a half minutes where I'm like really communicating with the director about something and we're kind of going back and forth and like trying to figure out a solution. Those are super valuable moments that you mm -hmm. don't see. And that, I think that's super helpful as a DP that is majority of the job. Like, lighting. Setting up a key light, all that stuff, like that's such a small percentage. Obviously, lighting is huge, but being able to communicate your ideas effectively and be able to like deliberate with the director about what they want, what we want, is that's the job. And I think it's shown to be super valuable to people. Yeah. Because you don't see it very often. No, I love the, uh, I think it was with True Classic, it was yeah. a t shirt company. Yeah, yeah. That, that behind the scenes was awesome. And that was what I noticed too, more than anything, was. Yeah, you know, lighting is important, mm -hmm. like you're saying, but it was all the interactions that you're having with talent, with the owners of the company mm -hmm. and everything. Like, that's a, a huge, huge part of it, like you're saying. And just watching that happen, watching that unfold in a context that I've never personally mm -hmm. been a part of before is really cool because you can tuck that information away for later just yeah. to kind of like prep yourself for something like that yeah. eventually. You have to wear a ton of different hats as a DP. Yeah. It's, again, it's not just the lighting, it's not just the camera side because um, I feel like some people just have that preconception that's what it is as a dp like you'll set up a scene you'll talk to your gaffer about super technical stuff lighting wise talk yeah. to ac about the lenses and stuff and then you have to completely switch your mindset and you talk to the director and the people about what the this, this shot is how you're going to do it but you can't it depends on the director you can't talk to super technical sometimes because it doesn't matter mm -hmm. so you can yeah. go from a super technical conversation to just not at all and you mm -hmm. have to balance that shift mentally mm -hmm. um which is it's a challenge but it um you have to do it. But that's truly what can separate a good director of photography from a great one, mm. is that um, one lane and thinking in a one lane attitude mm -hmm. and not comprehensively mm -hmm. can potentially be disastrous I agree. on set. Mm -hmm. um, and like anything in the creative world, um, whether you're shooting weddings, you're doing commercial work, you're on a narrative film set, communication is... The, that's what it is just yeah. Yeah. like it's any profession is is communication open communication making things making sure things are super clear that's when emotions are kept in check yeah. you know and things don't go off the rails because assumptions start being made yeah. and we're all fickle creatures you know and being open to ideas and some of the something i learned too is like as i've grown as a dp i've gotten more confident in myself my abilities but I think that's allowed me to feel more confident in taking and uh, having people come up to me with creative ideas. Because mm. as a DP in the beginning, you're kind of insecure about like yeah. yourself, mm. your abilities. You kind of want to like hold everything and like, oh, I need to do all this. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes don't take the creative ideas from like your AC or your gaffer or someone like so a PA you might have an amazing creative idea. Yeah. But like if you're super insecure about it, you're like yourself you might not be open to those. But as I've grown and just understand that my role and my confidence level has grown, some of the best ideas has come from like a PA that's come up to me like, hey, what if you did that real quick? Yeah. Like, 
oh, that, that's actually a great idea. Maybe if it's not exactly like that, it might spark something new that I haven't even thought of. Yeah. So just being open to any and all ideas from any person could lead to something that you've never thought of. Okay, but what if the idea is like total trash? Then I will say it is not good. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other part about being a DP too, is you yeah. have to be the person to say no. Like you're yeah. the one that is controlling the image and it's a hard thing to say no to people, okay. right. but you have to. We're going to role play for a second. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, mister. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I already hate it. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, we could just, we'll skip to the next part. Okay, uh, mister, wait, no, mister uh, Carlos uh, Stigliopoulos. Um, uh, can you, like, what if there was, what if, what if we, like, stuck a, a lizard in there and, like, you know, flopping around in the, mm. the water? Do you, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> you set that up just so you could say water, didn't yeah. you? Oh, you, you totally did. You did. Just, you did, right? Just so I could say, okay. Um, just so He's everyone, just says, so everyone knows here. Say I get, water. Um, say water. Okay, uh, water. <laughs> there we go. Are you guys happy? Yeah, water. So I'll be honest. Happy. I noticed it last night at the screening. Yeah, anyway, I yeah, I know. When I said that scene, when I talked about yeah, that, it, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. people are like, oh, what is water? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, can't, I forget that I'd say it like that. They're like, there's no O. I'm like, well, I know there's no O. Water. Yeah. Yeah. Water. <laughs> I'll be honest, hearing you do that just now, I'm like, man, it is weird the way that we say it. Yeah, it is yeah. weird. Yeah. That needs to be clipped. That's just an Instagram. Water. <laughs> In his low voice, he's like, Wa water. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. But that, I mean, like for real though, that honesty is a huge part of communication yeah. also, because if you're not fully upfront with people, then you're delaying time and you're not like being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Will you be as upfront and just be like, no, uh, nicer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nicer. I'd How be like, nicer? I'd be like, I like it's, appreciate you coming up with this idea. I think it could work in a certain scenario, but for right now, we're just going to stick with this type of thing. Cool. Yeah. Obviously given the circumstance, but like. I, I'm not going to just flat out be like, no, that sucks. Right. I'm not going to say that because then they're going to turn away and never want to come up to me again. Because yep. yeah. that's the thing, too. It's like you want to say no, but you also want to give them the, the feeling that they can still come up to you for another idea. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that balance. It's like affirmation yeah. with a yeah, little yeah, bit exactly. of rejection, too. But like yeah. not, not but in they a... also have to know, too, that their ideas might not always work as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that's a hard thing, it's too. It's like some people expect, like, oh, I have a great idea. It's going to work. No, it might not. Yeah. So be okay with it not working. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, yeah. maybe we could do this too. Yeah. yeah. We are, our catchphrase is uh, maybe. <laughs> we could. We could. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a little, had, yeah. it's a little passive aggressive. But <laughs> right. Someone does it and we all sit there and we go, we could do that. Yeah. Or. Yeah. or there's not. an implied or after it always. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you, did you. Shoot a commercial with Chris Pratt. No. No. Am I am I completely Yeah. Ron yeah. Carlo. That's who it was. That's who the it was. Carlo. The other Carlo. That says water. <laughs> There's another Carlo that says water. <laughs> Apparently. <Yeah. laughs> I swear I th I thought I saw you like uh post screenshots. It was like another t shirt uh ad or something. Not that I remember. I think I would remember that. I was, gonna, yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm going to drop this right now. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not it. I can okay. make up a story. but Yeah, dude, yeah you, please. Yeah. Well, he was a really nice guy. That sounds um, great. That's my story. That's awesome, <laughs> man. Seems like great for Star-Lord. That's seem like a nice awesome, guy. Awesome guy. Great for the real. Yeah, great, great for the real. It is funny with an indie indie movie screening. You have you literally have Chris Pratt's Guardians playing in the theater next to you. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's what I heard. It was so loud. I was confused. I was like, did Danny add sub in these random scenes? In this very, very, <laughs> very quiet, dark, dark emotional quiet. Yeah. scene. Yeah, it seems appropriate right now. It was so loud. It was so, yeah. I literally there were moments where I was like, that's an interesting choice to have that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and afterwards he was like, Yeah, no, Guardians was so loud next door. They like, literally had Pat go out and tell him to like, yeah, I saw it, I saw Pat Lee when you did that. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, how do you feel about how do you feel about like meta YouTube? Like, here's the here's this camera, here's this thing, but I don't make anything with it. And honest opinion, because there's a ton of value in those channels, mm. in like seeing that piece of gear 
that lens, that light. So you know a decision to make mm -hmm. on set. Um, but we often see people make channels like that and then they find themselves burning out because there's like, you know, I think of someone like Gerald Undone. Where he's, yeah. Like he yeah. had a phase where he's just like, I can't mm -hmm. do this anymore. Like it's just about nothing. Yeah, it's tough because I find that in like in the beginning stages of my career, I was like yearning for very technical stuff as well. Um, cause I think it's important to, you know, understand the basics, but I think to a certain point, it's just, it kind of, not that it becomes irrelevant, but it becomes like too much information that you get like, um, what is it? Paralysis, decision paralysis. Yes, what is it called? Yeah. yeah. Decision paralysis. Yeah, something yeah. like that yeah. where you get so much information. It's like this camera with this many specs, this one with this, that, this, it's like, just pick one and yeah. go shoot something. Yeah. Like, I think that's really what it comes down to is like, they're trying to find the perfect thing, but there is no perfect camera lens light, what, whatever is you just got to pick one and shoot it and use it the best you can. Yeah. Um, but there is some benefit to technical stuff. Yeah. In that vein, not to harp on gear too much, but you did recently invest in a fantastic cinema camera of your own, a Sony Venice. Yeah. Uh, you picked that up after shooting so Itis? I've done a couple commercials with the Venice. Yeah. Um, kind of fell in love with it there. And then I got to live with it on this feature for like yeah. a, a, quite a while. Yeah. And um, I just... When took I, it home at night, tucked it in? Yes, I did actually. I did take it home, which was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did take it home. Did you actually? Yes, I did. Yeah, which I shouldn't normally. I shouldn't take it home, but um, I didn't really trust anyone else, and we didn't have like a safe spot for it. So it was next to me, actually. Yeah, it was next to my bed. It's so funny you say that. It's, it's not, I'm not even lying. Tucked it in with a garbage bag yeah. every night just to waterproof. I kicked my it. fiance out and put the camera right there. Um, but yes, I did uh, buy that camera after. Um, previously, I owned the. Blackmagic, Ursa, and Pocket 6K. Yeah. Still use them. They're amazing cameras. Mm -hmm. um, great images. Um, but I needed something that was a little bit more presentable for the work that I was doing. Because mm. I was getting a lot of work, and I'm, like, renting minis and mini LFs and Venices. I'm like, I mean, I could be getting this money, kind of, yeah. you know. And I, as a creative, I'm also pretty business-minded as well. Yeah. So I understand the value of investments and, like, investing in what you know, in a mm. way. And for me, it was like, I'm, I'm young. I want to invest in a bunch of other things as I grow and get older. But right now, um, I think equipment, but very specific equipment, would be wise for me. Yeah. So I knew that I was kind of only growing in this field and getting a camera like this would only you know, benefit me long term. Even if it didn't pay off like right now, sure. I knew that it would long term. Um, so I decided between a Mini, a Mini LF, a Venice, or a Venice 2. Mm. Those were kind of my options. And I got a quote for the Venice 2. It was like a hundred and something grand. I'm like, mm, no, I'm going to pass. <laughs> I got a quote for a Mini LF. I'm like, I'm mm, going to pass on that one too. <laughs> I got a quote for a Venice. I'm like, it's a lot, but it's manageable. Yeah. And it's still really, really good, and it's going to last me a long time. Yeah. So I just pulled the trigger on that. I pulled the trigger on a lens set, the Tokina Vista Primes, yeah. and... Um, I have a really solid camera package that I can offer. And um, yeah, so far it's been paying itself off. And that's kind of the goal is to, you know, invest in something and not have to pay for it. Yeah. That's a very cool strategy. And I feel like it must make you to a certain degree, even like more marketable to have. Well, that's the thing too. Um, I mean, I could talk about investments real quick too. When I moved to Please. Philly, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I moved to Philly, there was a, a hole in the Philly market where all the rental houses started at like one ton trucks, one ton, three ton, five ton trucks. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And there was, when I was, when I just got there, I wasn't doing big projects yet and I couldn't afford a one ton, a three ton, a five ton. I couldn't afford that stuff yet. And I was like, why is there no half ton options in Philly? So I sold my car and I bought a half ton van and I got a, crap ton of grip equipment, electric equipment, lighting. Um, I bought a cart and essentially became the only person in Philly with a half ton package. And that was how I became like really well known in Philly. And that helped me market myself was that I offered this to a certain level of production that was otherwise a little bit trickier for producers because they had to meal piece every piece of equipment yeah. and like had to go send a PA with a car to go bring everything and bring it back. 
but I offered a solution of being a DP and bringing everything to set and bringing it back. And that, for one, helped producers ease of you know producing and not have to deal with meal piecing everything and saying a PA and adding that expense. Um, but it also allowed me to look at all the equipment that I have. I take care of my equipment well. I know exactly what the van looks like and the people that I bring on um, are familiar with my equipment now, my van, and I don't even have to do anything. I can unload it and load it, and it's exactly how I want it. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a big thing when I first got to Philly was finding that hole and uh, just like committing to it immediately. And it paid off and I have yet to pay for my van and I've owned it for like two years. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm really happy you brought that up because I was gonna bring it up if you did. Yeah, I yeah. love that video that you made, yeah. just kind of unpacking that whole build out and everything. Cause it was just, it's such a brilliant move. Like it just made so much sense. Mm -hmm. And it like, you also just like crushed the whole organization of everything on the inside <laughs> too. I was like, super clean but uh it just made so much sense and like that's having that business mind to like see a hole mm -hmm. in the market be like well now i make myself more marketable as exactly. a dp and yeah. also i'm like solving problems for exactly. other people making I mean, other people's lives as a easier DP is you have to solve that's your job yeah essentially and i'm not and it's a hard thing it was a hard thing to commit to because i sold like a car that i could drive and you know go on dates with and now i go on dates in a cargo van <laughs> so it's not like it's not for everybody sure, but it's yeah. uh yeah. for me it was a sacrifice that i'm willing to make at my age right now in yeah. order to move forward in my life moving forward as i get older um, and i'm not going to have this forever and yeah. uh, as i grow obviously the half ton isn't as useful anymore um, sure. but i found a way to actually make it useful i'll hire the one ton three ton five ton trucks but offer my half ton as a camera van. So oh. that's a way for me to still utilize it, yeah. get a rental and be able to offer a bigger camera service yeah. in a way. Um, so that is a way I'm working into it now, but eventually I think I want to kind of get rid of some things and, uh, you know, lower my overhead a little bit. For sure. It's a lot to manage still. Yeah. The, the common thread that we see with so many young, successful creatives and entrepreneurs is the idea of delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. And um, I really think that's the name of the game yeah. these days is that so many people aren't willing to experience delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. They want everything now. <clears throat> and when it comes to you building out a half ton van, uh, making the investment and buying your own kit and having your own camera package, you're seeing things long term. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions I had was like, is, is it profitable? Like, is it profitable yet? You know, just watching one of your recent videos, you're like, yeah, we had an 11 grand budget, didn't even take a paycheck. Yeah. Like, um, what's the value in that? Like, do you have do you have any hate comments? People coming in just being like, what are you doing? Yeah, for sure. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah but I don't Everyone think, I think paid. those people are pretty shallow minded. Mm. And uh, for me, the profit comes from uh, an experience. Some For that one in particular that you're referring to, like that was a unique experience where I was producing and also DPing. Because mm. um, it's, I knew I know within myself I don't want to be a director, but I like creating environments, mm -hmm. and I like being able to bring people together. So there's like a certain element of producing that I actually enjoy, mm. but I don't want to direct. Mm -hmm. So it was a weird balance between being a direct uh, producer, DP, and hiring a director. That's a weird place to be. Yeah. Um, but I knew that within that budget that I had that I was given, I knew that I we could create something like really really amazing if I invested all of it into the project. Because if I took my paycheck as a producer, paycheck as a DP, paycheck as my camera package, it would have eaten up like majority of the budget. And then we would have came out with nothing, but I would have had some money. But what is, uh, for me, that doesn't mean anything right now. And, you know, for some people that's, you know, you need money. And I totally understand that and I do as well. But um, I was at a particular point where I was willing to sacrifice a paycheck in order to create something that I think would benefit me as a DP long-term because I think visually it speaks to where my growth is. It's a DP and how I can shoot things now. Mm. Um, but that was only because I put all of the money into the project, hiring the right crew, giving them their full rates, um, getting hair and makeup, production design, just literally doing it the right way and not paying myself at all. Yeah. Um, and truly like the only way you can feel comfortable doing that without just being a psycho and just mm -hmm. wiling out money um, is that you have other means of yeah. income. You have the van, you have, whether it's huge or small YouTube ad revenue yeah. channel, like yeah. there's all these different facets where you're like, 
I can fall back on a few things and take this risk mm-hmm. here. Whereas you put all your eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden it's just like, it's tough. I literally can't yeah. sacrifice the paycheck on this one. My time is too valuable. Mm-hmm. I think um, something that a lot of creatives forget is just like financial literacy. Mm. It's, it's super important today, especially with the economy and how expensive things are. It's mm-hmm. first thing I did was because I, I grew up not learning about money. My parents didn't teach me about money at all. It was something that I had to learn myself. And I like dove deep into it because I, didn't want to be put in a place like I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I don't want to be in the similar position that my, my grandparents were in or my family was in. It just, I wanted to kind of change the trajectory of what my family was in. Mm. Um, so I dove headfirst into understanding finances. And the first thing I did was set up different bank accounts and uh, set up an emergency fund. That was like the first thing and paying off debt was the biggest thing. I had student loans and, for about two years, I sacrificed again, taking more profit to pay off my student loans. So I think my minimum payment was like $300. I think I paid like 2,500, three grand a month trying to just pay it off. And I, I paid off my student loans yeah. and uh, managed to get rid of majority of my debt that um, helped me be, feel comfortable to start putting stuff in my emergency fund so that I can do stuff like this and have kind of a safety net. Cause as a freelancer, like I said, you have great months, you don't have great months. Mm-hmm. And having some sort of safety net like that is imperative. Yeah. Really is to at least feel sane and go to bed at night. Yeah. Kind of. Not like waking up in the middle of the night stressed out of your mind. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that was last night. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you stress for a good reason? Did you, <laughs> was that inspired by Ramsey at all? Did you watch uh, I actually watched him. Oh, I, yeah. There's like certain things that I like about him. There's a, I, I like Robert Kiyosaki a lot as mm-hmm. well, um, especially for the real estate side, which He's is something rich I like. Dad, right? yeah. yeah, something I want to get into more. But um, yeah, he was a big thing for me, just like understanding that debt is like really bad, but not all debt is bad. Yeah, right. That's the part it's that balancing. I, the that's the part I disagree with him about because mm-hmm. the Venice, the van, that's that's debt. Yeah. But the way that you look at it, from the way I look at it, is it's good debt because I have yet to pay for it. Right. So yeah. I mean, of course, it's a risk, and you might have a bad month, and you do have to pay for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, this month alone, I was able to pay for eight months' worth of my Venice. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, oh my gosh. There might be a couple months where I don't get any work, though, but yeah. that's the risk versus reward that you have to balance. And, sure. and no respect, no disrespect to uh, Father Ramsey, but he, like, he... Uh, <laughs> Father Ramsey. His... His approach and how he teaches is just, it's to a it's to a really wide audience for sure. Yeah, it's um. For but I understand the credit card aspect to majority yeah. of people. People can't I handle get credit it. cards. Yeah, exactly. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, there are benefits to credit cards. Yeah, yeah. If like you, you can, know how to. You do can it hack well. the points. You could do yeah. like it takes self awareness and discipline. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those things and you don't have you don't have the self awareness to realize you're undisciplined, yeah. you're done for for sure. Like go listen to everything Dave Ramsey has to say. Mm-hmm. If you can think intuitively and creatively about your money you can take some nuance and like take 100%. some risk in the business choices and the investments you make. Mm-hmm. And that's where people get real smart and like leverage debt in a really good way because yeah. you have a profitable idea, mm-hmm. you know, man. What's it going to take to get you to move to Chicago? How are you 24? I really I just want to <laughs> have these conversations every day, man. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, am I going to, would I ever move to Chicago? No. <laughs> No. Oh, no. dude, that's the honesty we were talking that's about. Right? Yeah, yeah I like no. that. we were really just good. the PA with the bad <laughs> we idea. Were the yeah. PA. <laughs> but I could do it like this. I could come every so often. <laughs> like we could do that. Yeah. Oh man, it's nice here. Yeah, but no. Is a, is Philly kind of a forever home for you? Do you think? Uh, so I'm actually like right across the river. I'm in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but it's essentially Philly, yeah. pretty much. Um, is it my forever home? I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, I think, I think I'd like to get to a place where I don't have to be in a location for work. I can kind Mm. of be in a location because I want to be there. Yeah. Um, and then work is, you know, enough where I can travel and stuff. Yep. Um, because I think that's what a lot of, a lot of like DPs I look up to. They live in LA, of course, New York, but a lot of them live like in North Carolina where the cost of living is down, it's a way better lifestyle, yeah. which is something that's interesting to me. Like New Jersey is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But, um, as of now, it's my home Great, has man. been for 24 years. Still family there. I do. I have my mom, 
my grandmother, my sister, and my dad lives in uh, South Carolina okay. with, with my stepmom. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, how are you, 24? Um, <laughs> I lived for 24 years. There it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> born in, uh, I don't know. I have a... You were born a in really, 1999? 1998. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Right under the cutoff. Yeah. Um, I have a, <laughs> I have a great dad who taught me a lot yeah. and, um, really hard on me okay. as a kid. Yeah. And I think that helped me mature very young. Yeah. Um, and I never felt, found any interest in, I always felt more comfortable with like, if I'm at like a party, like a family party with kids and all that stuff, I always was with the adults. Hmm. I always felt, found comfort being with adults and having yeah. conversations with them. I never... I don't want to say that I don't like talking to kids my age, but like, um, I have to be, I'm very specific on like who I interact with and associate with that yeah. are my age because, um, I just don't want to be sucked into bullshit. Yeah. I have no time, energy, or I don't care about drama. I don't care about bullshit. So talking with adults for me, was just a, a way to have like actual conversations. Mm. Um, I don't want, it's just how I, I, I just feel more comfortable talking to adults growing up. Yeah really not trying to pay insincere compliments either like for real you just like have a presence about you and it it shows that like you just have some some kind of wisdom beyond i think most people at your age it's just like it's it's really impressive man like honestly like, people call you like the 45 year old 24 year old yeah, I, um my mom says i have like an old soul yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so whatever that means but yeah <laughs> <laughs> man yeah I feel like a great closing question is the real question that everyone's asking is like, what's the gym routine, man? Yeah, man. Oh, man. What's going on? You, you crossed uh, your arms last night? Chicken legs over, man. You kidding people, me? What's going on? Everyone said like when I crossed my arms, my forearms started popping. They I'm did. Like, Dude, I, everyone saw Dude. it. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Every question about the film flew yeah. out of my mind. I'm just like, I right, had to like uh, cover my on, wife's eyes. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the gym routine uh, started when I was like 13. Okay. 12 or 13. Um, my dad had me going to the gym and working out then and it's been consistent since i've been 12 wow. pretty much so like this isn't like a i mean i'm not obviously i'm not i'm i'm in shape like, yeah I'm take pretty, it off i'm pretty I'm well built um, i'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna lie but um yeah it's just uh years of consistent hard work of five six days a week okay. um yeah. i do a balance between weightlifting calisthenics and yoga Okay. Um, and it's just become like a part of my life, like where a lot of people are like, oh, I got to go to the gym now. It's like, or like, I have to go to the gym. It's like, um, it's just embedded in who I am. Yeah. So it's like not even an option. Like even when I travel, I go to hotel gyms. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's just, it feels good. It relieves like anxiety and stuff for me and I feel comfortable at the gym. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's a great space for me really enjoy it. I imagine and I have to as a DP. I was just about yeah, to say, I, I imagine to. it makes your job so much easier because if yeah. not, like you kept carrying all these crazy camera packages yeah. and everything, like long, long production days, like the yoga component in particular has yeah, got to be there's huge. Like certain, it also helps that I'm like four or four foot. Jeez. <laughs> Man, I just did it to myself. <laughs> yeah, it helps sometimes that I am five foot three and I will, uh, I'm going to say five, four, five, four. Cut no. that out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, five four um, because I can get into like really small places. Like there are yeah. certain scenes and certain things where I'm literally in the foot area of a car, like that little area. I am literally tucked in like this with the camera. <laughs> That's um, crazy. And there's like other other times where I need to get super low, and I'm in just like a huge deep lunge, and then yeah. I have to go to like the other lunge, and like being able to do that smoothly. And yep. it's all about stamina too. Yeah. Like that oneer in yeah. the film. Yeah. That was no easy rig. And that was holding like a 50-something pound camera the whole time. And it was just on the fly. And I was like, I have to do it. But uh, just, just the stamina and being able to do it well adds an element of like what you're able to offer. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. All right. And investment in the van, investment in the ve veins. I don't know. Yeah, investment that in was the a bad vein. one. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay. I rate that like a three out of ten. Okay, yeah. Weightlifting, yeah, calisthenics, yoga. I'm yes. saying that for my personal recollection. Yeah. Hot yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga too. Yeah, okay, I, don't, wow. I do like regular yoga. And like, honestly, the best thing, if you like, 
a lot of people jump into weightlifting like, oh, I'm going to go six days a week right now. Yeah. And then they, they, you can't do that. No. You have to start small. If you're going to do yoga, if you're going to stretch, my recommendation is like at night, if you watch TV, don't sit on the couch, sit on the floor watching TV and stretch for 30 minutes watching yeah. your show. That is a great way to start and still get that. your TV fix. That's what I, I still do that. Yeah. But high yoga for me is, it's amazing. That's it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's the best. Yeah. So, Carlo, will you ever run a marathon? I tried running a half marathon, and then I gave up. My guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it backfired. That's yes. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, But I enjoy running. Steven. I enjoy it, uh-huh. but I don't, I don't know. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Okay. Yeah. I want to do, like, a, like a Tough mutter. Oh, that dude. type of thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah. interests me more like climbing stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Those are sick. Yeah. And the running is like, it's super admirable. Like I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure I could. I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff interests me more. The climbing and going through all those things. Yeah. Like it's a cross training. Cross training thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's super interesting. It's cool. Yeah. I honestly, I've always forget. I love yoga. Like I did it in college for like a semester mm-hmm. just as a PE credit kind of thing. I couldn't touch my toes before that class. Yeah. Afterwards, everything like mm-hmm. deep squats and everything like heels on the ground, touch my toes. And honestly, I feel like in a similar vein, it kind of just makes you more versatile. Oh my gosh. As I mean, I, I started because I had back problems from operating. It really? Okay. I was like, I'm like 20 years old and I can't even straighten my back out. Like yeah. this is a huge issue. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I can't do this. So I just started doing yoga, stretching, and oh my gosh, it just helped me tremendously. And the longevity of it, mm-hmm. that's the thing with being a DP. Obviously, for long term, I don't want to operate my whole life. Yeah. Um, but you want to be able to walk when you're 50 and yeah. 60. If you're holding cameras like this and not taking care of your body, it's going to be detrimental. Yep. Couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. So. Professional athletes, DPs. Same Twitter. <laughs> Much. You ever see the guys running across the NFL fields, like the steady cam ops? And oh, the, yeah. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah. They're pretty much athletes at this. Yeah, they oh, absolutely. are absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny, full circle. That's kind of how Danny got his big yeah, break. With, exactly. Uh, the um, Odell, 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 yeah, Odell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's one of the only people that could run with a camera and exactly. keep up during training and mm-hmm. have the stamina for it specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Dang, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. This is sick, yeah, man. I really oh, enjoy this. Early session. I like it. Yeah. Earliest podcast we've ever done. Definitely earliest with the least amount of sleep. I hope that was mostly coherent. But um, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Uh, you got a YouTube channel and Instagram, everything. Please plug away. Uh, YouTube is Carlos Tiggs, even though people call me Carlos Tiggs. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Are you Dude. <laughs> are man, you serious? Oh, my goodness. Like Carlos. I get Carlos so often that I don't. I have become Spanish at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's Carlos Stiggs, um, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's right here on the board too. If you're watching right here, right over there. that's the handle baby. Awesome. Thanks again, Carla. Really Thank appreciate you, you taking me. the time to do this, this, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks dude. Sweet. Bye. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> that was fun.